Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And in today's program, we are going to go on a pilgrimage mm-hmm. to a Marian shrine. So before we go on our journey together, Archbishop, will you please lead us in prayer? And certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you chose the Blessed Virgin Mary from all eternity to be the Virgin Mother of your most beloved Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Lord, we thank you for the gift of our Holy Mother. We thank you for giving her to us as a mother, as someone to always lead us deeper into our relationship with her Son, Jesus. We thank you for her motherly care and concern and protection for all of us as she intercedes for us and is that, that star of the new evangelization which inspires us to spread the good news of your Son to all. We ask you to be with us during this radio program to enlighten our listeners through this program to a, a deeper and more profound understanding of Our Lady's role in the mystery of your love and salvation for us. So we place this time in your hands, Father, asking you to lead us and guide us in all these things we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom, our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I know many of our listeners who at least are local here will be familiar with the National Shrine of Our Lady of Sorrows. And so there are many Marian shrines around the globe, but there's one that maybe they're not as familiar with, still in the United States, uh, the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yes. And I know that you have a connection with this shrine serving on the board. It has, uh, I've been looking at some of the videos and some of the presence there on the internet, but give us a sense of how you first found out about this shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. You know, I, I uh, first became acquainted with the shrine, <laughs> to be honest, when um, and I'd heard about it, that it was being developed there in, and of all places, La Crosse, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cardinal Raymond Burke, when he was the Bishop of La Crosse, decided that he wanted to, he felt called really to build a shrine to Our Lady. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a shrine uh, not too far from La Crosse that is of, uh, 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 very dubious, well, it's, it's more than dubious, it's of, of a false nature, false apparitions and everything, et cetera, in Wisconsin at Nesita. So he, he felt a call to build uh, an authentic shrine uh, to Our Lady. And at first, he wasn't planning uh, to build a shrine in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I, I believe, and I, I, I might be wrong about this, I think he was going to build a shrine to Our Lady of Fatima. And around that time, uh, St. John Paul II declared uh, Mary under her title of Our Lady of Guadalupe as the mother of all the Americas, the patroness of all the Americas, not just of, of the beautiful country of Mexico or of even Central and South America, but of all of the Americas, North, Central, and South America, and proclaimed her to be the star of the new evangelization. 
And uh, so Cardinal Burke felt inspired by that Mm -hmm. to sort of change his plan and instead to build a shrine to this patroness of all the Americas and the star of the new evangelization and dedicate the shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe. So I was uh, aware that he was doing it, and then I received an invitation to come for the solemn dedication of the shrine uh, back in in 2008. I was the Bishop of Marquette in Michigan Mm -hmm. at the time, and so I drove down uh, for for the dedication, and when I saw this church, I was absolutely floored at the beauty of this church and shrine that has been built and dedicated to Our Lady. I I really, I cannot, I cannot Mm over-dramatize the grandeur and the beauty of this church. Uh, It was designed by a very well-known Catholic architect who's built a lot of churches, Duncan, Duncan Stroik, and it's it's in a truly classical style, and but it's in a magnificent church, and uh, so I think that you know people think of uh, of a shrine to Our Lady in, in of all places, La Crosse, Wisconsin. You know, yeah. uh, maybe some people might think, well, you know, it can't be much. No, it's 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 an incredible place uh, of pilgrimage, and I, I encourage really anybody to to at least go on the on the website uh, of the shrine mm-hmm. to look at it and uh, and hopefully plan a visit there. So anyway, that's that's how I first became associated with it. I went to the dedication. Cardinal Burke solemnly uh, dedicated the church. By then, he had moved on. He was the Archbishop of, uh, of uh, St. Louis at, at the time. And, it, and quite a number of, of bishops and even cardinals were there for the, uh, for, the, for the solemn dedication. And then shortly after that, about a year, I think, or so later, Cardinal Burke uh, contacted me as the Bishop of Marquette and asked if I would serve on the board of directors of the shrine uh, I've known Cardinal Burke for for years, back to the to the mid '90s is when I first met him, when he was Monsignor Burke, <laughs> working in Rome, and I was studying over there. Uh, so he asked me to serve on the on the board. So I I began my service on the board of directors of the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, in in 2009. This December, <laughs> this coming December, I will have been a member of the board of directors for 12 years, mm. uh, seeing its its growth and development over over all these years. And then 2011. Cardinal Burke asked me to serve as as a what would we call as a member of the shrine, and what this is, there's a board of directors that governs the shrine and a very wonderful, competent group of people. But then there are three designated members of the shrine. It's a membership model. It's kind of a a model of, of, of governance. And the members of the shrine are there to oversee the the, the mission of the shrine to make sure that the the shrine stays faithful to the mission for which it was originally established as a place of pilgrimage and of and of catechesis and retreat and and so uh so I was appointed a member of the of the corporation uh and will serve in that capacity uh you know perpetually unless his eminence decides to remove me from that position but it's so my involvement with the shrine goes beyond just my service on the board cuz my Quite honestly, my service on the board of directors would have expired three years ago, but because I'm a member, uh, uh, that's a perpetual appointment in, until I, I would be removed from that, I guess, or resigned from that. So I, I will always be uh, in, involved in the shrine. Right, right. We're talking about the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin. On their website, they say they're dedicated to the corporal and spiritual welfare of God's children. Yeah. 
And as we look at a shrine, this is different, obviously, than a parish church, than a cathedral. There are different places that people gather for worship, for prayer. What What's the significance or the purpose, really, of a shrine, and particularly because this is a Marian shrine? Right. The, you know, and, and Cardinal Burke, uh, when in establishing the shrine, he is the founder of, of the shrine, in establishing it, uh, had a very, very clear vision for what this place is meant to be. And it is first and foremost a place of pilgrimage. It is a place of spiritual refuge for uh, people who want to come and, and make this pilgrimage. This is, a, this is a very ancient and classic Christian Catholic uh, uh, phenomenon, the, the going on a pilgrimage. So it's, it's meant to be a place uh, for pilgrims to come and to pray and to experience Our Lady there, uh, especially under this this title of Our Lady of Guadalupe as the star of the new evangelization. So the whole shrine is is dedicated to um, uh, welcoming pilgrims who want to come and want to be spiritually refreshed, renewed, um, maybe even restarted uh, in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's the shrine church, uh, which is the, the primary site there uh, uh, built on this beautiful bluff in Hillside uh, above the river there in, in La Crosse. So, so the primary focus is, of course, the Shrine Church itself, where the Holy Mass is, is celebrated regularly throughout the day and on weekends. Confessions are heard regularly. There are devotions uh, there. There's a, a growing uh, a, attraction to the Shrine, naturally, for, for uh, Mexican-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, who, uh, Catholics who want to go there. But it, it, it's, it's also, there, there are other aspects to the Shrine, as, as, as any Shrine, is, is to be a place to, to go and, and, and experience uh, a, a spiritual revitalization and renewal. So there's beautiful grounds. Uh, the, the Welcome Center, the Visitor Center, is at the base of the bluff. And then for those who are able, uh, there's a walk up a hill on a beautiful paved path through the woods. Uh, there are various little little shrines along the way and statues uh, devoted to, to St. Joseph and other saints. And then at the top of the hill, you, you arrive at the Shrine Church. But there's also a beautiful uh, uh, shrine area there, outdoor shrine, to Our, Our Lady of the Unborn. You know, we, we often uh, associate Our Lady of Guadalupe as, as also a patroness for the unborn, because in the image uh, of Our Lady of Guadalupe, she is with child. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very important to know about the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, that she is, she is uh, pregnant with, with the Christ child, with the eternal Son of God. So there's a beautiful outdoor shrine there with uh, an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe seated and holding in her, in her arms uh, a, an infant. And, and really to be the protectress of, of the unborn. So there's also a, a great pro-life aspect to the shrine. And there, right at the uh, a statue of uh, Our Lady of, of the Unborn, um, there's a, a beautiful outdoor uh, sort of mausoleum mm-hmm. for the burial of children who uh, lost their life through miscarriage. It's a beautiful thing. So parents who lose a child through uh, a miscarriage can bring uh, the earthly remains of their child there, and they're entombed there under the watchful gaze uh, of Our Lady of the Unborn. There's, you know, uh, outdoor rosary walk. 
There's uh, there are friars there that that priests that that take care of the spiritual needs of pilgrims that come there. There's the beautiful visitor center, uh, which has uh, uh, you know a lot of information about Our Lady of Guadalupe. There's a beautiful gift shop there, you know, for religious items and books. It's really a, quite a remarkable place. But it's it it is designated and prime. And this is really what what Cardinal Burke is so so intent on. And instills at us, in who are the members of the corporation, to oversee the shrine and its mission, that it remain clearly what it was built to be, a place of pilgrimage uh, for, for people to come uh, and experience something that, uh, you know, you can't, you, can't, you can't experience just, you know, by, by staying home, so to speak. This idea of going on pilgrimage, that we're all pilgrims, we're a pilgrim people. We are on our way through this world, through this life to our heavenly homeland, and these earthly pilgrimages that we do, these spiritual, religious pilgrimages that we do, are sort of a reminder of that, that we are pilgrims on the way, mm-hmm. and, and we, we go to these places uh, to be spiritually re- uh, renewed. So that's the, uh, by the way, you know, I, I really would ask our listeners, please, please, to, to, to pray uh, for Cardinal Burke. Sadly, uh, he has contracted uh, the COVID-19 mm-hmm. uh, uh, virus and, quite honestly, is, is quite ill right now. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's on a, a respirator uh, now. He's had some difficulty, with, with obviously, with his breathing. And so, obviously, he's very, very much in need of our prayers. And he's a dear friend of mine, uh, and, and I really humbly ask uh, all of you to, to please pray uh, for Cardinal Burke's, uh, Burke's recovery. Absolutely. And I know when I was going onto the website, GuadalupeShrine.org. They have some updates on Cardinal Burke and are, are definitely asking for his prayers. And you can just learn a little bit more. And I think continue to offer those prayers mm-hmm. for him, for the community that he has built. That he wants to share that message of love through Our Lady, and that we ask that Our Lady watch over Cardinal Burke. Yes, at you know, time. and one of one of the aspects of the shrine that is is really beautiful, and it's on the walk as you come from the visitor center and walk up toward the the shrine church. You pass. Uh, the Vote of Light uh, Chapel. And uh, by the way, for those of those who are unable to walk uh, this distance up the hill, uh, they, they have uh, volunteers that, that will ride people up on the, on the path on, in, in golf carts. So it's, it's, it's very <laughs> nice. convenient. But on the way up the hill, there's a beautiful chapel of, of votive candles. And there's in the, in the stained glass windows inside this chapel are different images of Our Lady in her different apparitions uh, you know, throughout history. And this is an incredible chapel. Mm. It's just filled with these incredible vigil lights. And so a lot of people either will go there on pilgrimage and and light a candle there for their intentions, or people can even um, contact the shrine through the website and ask that a candle be lit for them uh, there at the shrine. And I'm on the board, of course, so I see all the the statistics on this. And, you know, it's it's many times the the, the chapel is almost exhausted, you know, in terms of the candles all being lit. And Cardinal Burke is very good about that, too, when he knows of people's needs and struggles that that they might need prayer for. He will have himself a a candle lit there at the the shrine for them. So it's it's just a a beautiful, peaceful, uh, spiritual place. And the further the further vision, though, of the shrine it is first and foremost a, a place of pilgrimage uh, for for spiritual renewal, but it's also uh, uh, meant to be a retreat place as well. One of the the struggles that the shrine has right now is that there's no uh, facilities on uh, the property for pilgrims to stay. 
So anybody who comes to make a pilgrimage to the shrine, if they want to, to be there for more than just one day, mm-hmm. uh, they have to you know find a place in town in the city to, to stay in La Crosse. Uh, so the, the plan right now is we're in the process of, of uh, uh, preparing for the construction of a retreat house, which will be attached right to the shrine church itself on the top of the hill so that pilgrims in the future can come and spend time there. People, you know, you can even have like a group retreat there, uh, which we're hoping that, that people will do. So it's been a little bit of a handicap right now is that people can't, can't stay at, at this right. uh, the sacred place, but that, that will be taken care of in the future. Also, the Marian Catechist Movement uh, operates out of the shrine and is part of the shrine operations now. Um, and the Marian Catechist Movement was uh, started by Father John Harden, uh, which many many people have heard of um, of him, uh, a wonderful Jesuit priest who is very dedicated to a catechesis in our time and the need for solid and 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 sound clear catechesis. So so he began this Marian Catechist Movement, which is a training uh, really for for catechists to be trained to be catechists under the patronage of, of, our, of Our Lady. And Cardinal Burke now, has, in, with Father Hardin's passing, uh, is also oversees the Marian Catechist Movement, which, as I said, is now an integral part of the operations of the shrine. So it's also a, a place of, of a catechetical formation uh, for the new evangelization. And again, it's a lot of focus on the new evangelization, our spiritual renewal for the new evangelization, and catechetical formation, for uh, the work of a new evangelization and, and, and catechesis. Uh, there'll be a place of, of retreat uh, where people can stay and, and, and spend some time in prayer there. And the, the long-range goal, Cardinal Burke's vision, is, is also to have a monastery there on the grounds uh, for contemplative religious order of, of sisters. So some sort of uh, monastic, uh, contemplative, cloistered uh, community of women religious on the grounds also to pray or for the needs of the church, to pray for uh, you know God's grace and guidance upon uh, the work of, of the new evangelization. So there's a there's a grand overall vision for uh, what the what the shrine uh, is is meant to be in, in in the long run. Such a beautiful vision, and again, as you come on pilgrimage, then you go out disciple right to share the the renewal, the refreshment, the the metanoia that we receive in that time of a pilgrimage. That we do need to be formed to share what we've learned, to share that strong catechesis in the truth. I love how all of that is tied into the mission of the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah, certainly people you know come to to this this shrine in particular, but any shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we I think. Many of us have made various pilgrimages to, to different holy sites, um, and it is a time for us to be renewed in, in, our, in our spirit, to be renewed in our relationship with our Lord, uh, to, be, to, be, to reignite the fire, so to speak, in us. You know, those, those sort of mountaintop experiences uh, that we all need in the spiritual life, those, those moments of renewal and rededication, uh, which a pilgrimage affords a, a person. Uh, you know, we all can get... Uh, you know, in a rut spiritually, we can become complacent, kind of lukewarm, perhaps, and 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 things become a little routine for us in our in our faith. So, to go on a pilgrimage is is a great way to to reignite the spark of divine love in us, uh, so that we can, as you say, uh, Dina Marie, share that with others mm-hmm. and be that light and beacon, and especially this shrine under this patronage of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the star of the new evangelization, is also to, to form us uh, spiritually, and for those who participate in the Marian Catechist movement, 
you know, catechetically to be Christ's witnesses, to be his light in the world, to be ourselves a star, uh, if you will, of evangelization for the world. But also people go on pilgrimage uh, often carrying a very uh, profound sometimes and very deep personal uh, intentions and needs. I know any time I've gone on, on pilgrimages, you know, I've, I've done wonderful uh, pilgrimage to, to Lourdes, to, to Fatima, I, I carry with me my own intentions that I want to leave there and, and entrust to our Lord through the intercession of Our Lady. So I, I, I think when I, I, I went to, to Lourdes, for example, and I, I participated in the, in the baths of, at, at Lourdes, and one of the things they, they, they do when you go into the baths to be, to be uh, immersed in the waters of, of Lourdes is before you go down into the water, you, you stand there for a moment and you, you, you call to mind your intentions. Uh, so when I went to Lourdes, I had many intentions uh, for this local church uh, here in, in Western Oregon, for the archdiocese, for our priests. But I also had some very personal intentions that I, that I carried with me, uh, that I entrusted there. I, I, I sort of, you, you leave those there uh, and entrust them to our Lord and to our Lady. And, and uh, so it's, 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 a, it's a, a, a pilgrimage uh, can be a profound, uh, really a spiritual experience for, for anyone who will make use of this, uh, this wonderful tradition that we have in the church. Right, right. And you mentioned, Archbishop, earlier about the church and the beauty of the art and the mm-hmm. architecture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so much part of our Christian tradition is in art, in architecture, how we can see God's beauty through the artwork through the church, through the chapel space. Maybe just pick out a few of those things that have really spoken to you in this ground. Yes, in this in this sacred place. Um, yes, you're right. You know the the, the, the these transcendentals uh, speak to us of, of the goodness and, and the and the glory and the beauty of God, truth, beauty, and goodness. These are the the transcendentals that attract, uh, and and these are these are important principles of this evangelization. You know, the truth speaks for itself, if you will. The truth attracts. Uh, you know, I, I often think of that, that, that uh, relationship between Herod and, and John the Baptist in, in, the, uh, in the Gospels, you know, that uh, Herod was very disturbed mm-hmm. by John's message because it challenged him personally in his moral life, but also he was very attracted Mm-hmm. to John and to what John was preaching. So there's this natural attraction to truth and beauty. Beauty uh, is a transcendental, uh, a transcendent um, reality that really reflects the beauty and the goodness uh, uh, of God himself. And so, you know, to, to build a, a, a temple, if you will, to the glory of God that is truly beautiful and, and reflects to us beauty and, uh, you know, it raises our minds and our hearts to God. I mean, you walk into this church and you're, you're, you're just, you're awed. Really, it, 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 the first time I walked through the doors at that dedication in 2008, I was just in awe of the beauty of this place. And my heart and my spirit were immediately elevated uh, to, to contemplate God and his goodness and his beauty. Uh, there's an incredible, in the, in the, in the, in the back of the, of the sanctuary, in the apse of the sanctuary, there's a, a humongous and gorgeous mosaic of the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you know, designed to be you know, faithful to, to the original tilma of, of St. Juan Diego. 
And uh, so that's one of the things that your, 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 your mind or your heart, your eyes are drawn immediately to the altar first. It's an incredible altar, raised altar with an incredible baldacchino over the altar, marble baldacchino over the altar. But then beyond the altar, your eyes are drawn to the incredible image of, of Our Lady of Guadalupe in that, in that incredible mosaic. Uh, the, the the windows of the church are, are incredible. The the space and the grandeur of the space. It's a very high and and and, and so large church. Kind of in a I, I think it's a would call it maybe kind of a Romanesque kind of style. On there in the side altars there are beautiful paintings, very very well done paintings of of some of the saints. Uh, in fact, one of the uh, one of the uh, paintings there, beautiful paintings there, is to Saint uh, Gianna Mola. Uh, you know, which again, another pro-life uh, a patron who, if you remember the story of her, she was with child and we had cancer and was uh, advised to undergo treatment that most likely would have ended the life of her unborn child. Uh, but she chose her child uh, uh, over her own you know, health and, and welfare, and trusting herself to the, to the providence of God. She did lose her life, uh, but the child was born. And Quite honestly, at the at the tenth uh, anniversary of the dedication of the shrine, uh, at which I was a, a speaker at the banquet, I got to sit at the dinner table next to this child, next to the the, the child that uh, Saint Gianna Mola uh, preserved uh, through that choice that she made. So I, I got to meet the now she's a you know a, a grown woman, uh, and uh, I, I don't know how old she is, maybe maybe even closer to my age. But uh, so you know those beautiful paintings. Uh, the music uh, uh, associated with the sacred lit- the liturgy is done very beautifully there with great reverence. They have a whole guild, or it's a, not a guild, it's a, a society for the servers there, the altar boys there. And so there's this kind of ranking system where the older boys train the younger boys. So I, I know there's a lot of priestly vocations being mm-hmm. fostered there. The, the liturgy is done beautifully. The music uh, is, 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 is of top quality sacred music, a beautiful organ. Um, so there's, there's a lot to, you can spend a lot of time in that church, to be honest, uh, visiting these, these images and the side altars and praying, beautiful image of, of St. Juan Diego out in front of the shrine in the, in the little piazza in, in front of the doors of the church uh, in a beautiful friary uh, off on the side there where the, where the, where the friars live that, that take care of the spiritual needs of pilgrims. It's, it's just a, an incredible place. The grounds themselves are beautiful. And Cardinal Burke insists on the quality of keeping things in 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 uh, top shape. So, uh, yes, I, I just really encourage uh, anyone who I would I would say well certainly if you're in the area, <laughs> make sure you you include this on on your stop so to speak. But I, it's it, this this place is worth just a, a trip mm-hmm. to see it. But there are other shrines in Wisconsin as well that that you can incorporate into this uh, right. as as well. Um, there's the the shrine of, of Our Lady of the Carmelite Shrine at Holy Hill outside of Milwaukee and Hills Corner near near I guess it's near Hills Corners maybe it's not. I can remember now. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in that part of the country. There's the the, the shrine in Champion where mm-hmm. it's the the only approved uh, Marian apparition in the right. in, in the United States. The Bishop of Green Bay approved that in, in Champion, Wisconsin. So it's well worth a trip.
So again, that's La Crosse, Wisconsin. I understand they make some cheese as well, but you know, we're from the heart of Tillamook, <laughs> right. so we that's have right. that We've got to be careful about Wisconsin cheese. But again, I want to encourage people again, continue to pray for Cardinal Burke, for his good health, and pray for the efforts of this shrine, the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe and La Crosse, Wisconsin. And I think, of course, to implore our special intentions for Our Lady to intercede on our most greatest needs. And I'm ready to go on pilgrimage, Archbishop. Amen. So thank you for sharing. Would you please help us close? with your blessing. Yes. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. And thank you again for listening to The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Dei Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie, and until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.